Welcome to the Street Lights America podcast, a production of Street Lights America Ministries, encouraging the redeemed and restoring the lost. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Street Lights America podcast. I am your host, Daniel King. So the last few weeks have been very unusual, to say the least. With the current spread of COVID-19, Corona, Wanhu, whatever you want to call it, the world has been in quite the panic mode lately. Which is understandable. I mean, it's a fairly new virus we know barely anything about. And it really doesn't matter where you stand on it, whether you think it's just another flu or if it's actually a serious, serious virus that's going to kill us all. We can all agree that it's had a serious impact all around the world. We've had economies start to crash. Countries that were caught off guard, had no heads up that this was a thing, are struggling to keep people alive. And here in the United States, uh, we had a lot of panic buying. People rushing to stores for supplies because they're concerned that they're not going to get them for a while, which is not unreasonable, necessarily. It's just that some people went to some very nasty extremes to get there. Tell you what, I never thought in my wildest dreams that a meme could ever become historical. Specifically, like, the whole toilet paper being just gone. I mean, that is just nuts in itself, that it got to the point where that one product was something that people were hoarding for some reason. Like, I don't, I still don't get it. I don't know where people were going with that, but it is what it is. Now, considering how bad this virus has gotten, it's not exactly a surprise that certain things are in short supply. However, there's one item that nobody really talks about that has literally disappeared off shelves. Like the equivalent of going to your local Walmart and seeing that there's no toilet paper, you can go down a book aisle and literally find Bibles just bought out. Now, it is interesting. This is one of those things that nobody's talking about, that Bibles, of all things, are missing. So yeah, toilet paper, ammunition, things like that, these things that people associate with surviving per se, but why the Bibles? Well, in my mind, there's there's one of two things. One, either Christians are just panic buying, which would make no sense to me, or there's a lot of people who are really trying to find a solid foundation in their lives, and they just maybe believed in God at one point, or maybe had parents that were Christians, and now they're seeing this stuff go on. And they're like, oh no, I need to read this book before I go. And it was when that was brought to my attention that I realized that there are a lot of people right now, spiritually, as well as with physical needs, that need somebody to stand in the gap for them. Like, honestly, I feel like this whole Bible buyout is because there are people who were Christians or never had read the Bible, and now they think they need to read a Bible because things are about to go bad, I think we have a job to do as the church now in this particular time. I honestly believe that God has put this church 
in this world at this time, those of us who are alive right now, to stand in the gaps for these people looking for a solid foundation. Now, there's oftentimes a resistance in our hearts to even think about being there for people. Now, not necessarily that we're all selfish inherently, but we all get the feeling that we have re- we have resistance based on like our own protection and our own needs. Like we have to protect ourselves. But if you read the Bible, there are several things that are consistent throughout it. One of the big things that if you study scripture is that there was always somebody that God called upon to stand in the gap for people. Like throughout the entire history of the children of Israel, all the way up to the coming of Christ, God has put individuals in places in history, in places in time, to be there for other people in that kind of struggle. Like there was Moses with the children of Israel. God sent him to be between Pharaoh and his people, between God and his people. And Joshua, God raised up Joshua to stand in the gap for the people. All of the prophets, God called them to stand in the gap and to bridge a gap between them and God. And Jesus, to this day, the price that he paid for us, he is standing in the gap for us. What I mean by that is that under his blood, he has covered us so that we can have access to God. And we, the church in this generation, that is our calling. We are to be in the gap for the rest of this world. Now I'm just going to read a couple of scriptural examples, just, just, just two verses from two different portions of the Bible. Ezekiel 22.30 said, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. What Ezekiel 22 does show us is that the absence of us in the gap as God had called us to be, can be devastating to so many people. This is our time. This is what we're called to be. Just like it was for Moses. Psalms 106.23 Therefore, he said he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen one stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he destroyed them. We, the church, the body of Christ, have been made to stand in the gap. And this is true on every single level. We're to stand the gap for our friends, the gap for our families, for our country, whatever country you're in, whether it's the United States, wherever you live right now. But more importantly, we need to stand in the gap for those who are looking for solid ground. Because at this point in history, there are a lot of people with serious uncertainties. And I feel on the spiritual level, it is our duty at this time to make that known. And the big question is, what does our religion really reflect in this case? Is it the kind of religion God has called us to? James 1.27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Throughout human history, we have had nothing but dark times. And this is one of those darker times. But for the church, it's more than that. 
Right now, this is where the rubber meets the road for us. Are we going to help those in need? Are we going to show them the love of Christ? Are we going to reach out however we can? Or are we going to let our light go dim? Are we going to huddle inside and hide now? I have to be honest, when I realized how bad this was getting, I did have a season of panic. But now looking back on it, really, that's not my job. My job is not to hide within myself. My job is to reach out where I can and where God has called me to. Matthew 5, verse 13 through 20, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Let's not lose our, let's not lose our flavor during this time, okay? The world really needs us. Continuing, you are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, I know that a lot of us are in deep water right now, especially those of you who live in cities or in some of these countries overseas, like Italy, for example, where it's really bad and they have everyone locked down. I know we're not necessarily all allowed to just go out and do stuff. I get that. But here's the thing. God has given us a lot more at our disposal that no quarantine can withhold. Unlike man, God has no borders, and his jurisdiction is in the hearts of his people. There are many ways that we can help in this time. We need to pray for those who are suffering right now. We need to pray for those who are going ahead of us and trying to fight this thing as much as possible. We also need to pray for our leaders, whether we like them or not. Because God put them where they are at this time. Our presidents, our congressmen, our senators, we need to keep them in prayer. Not, and not just because of this, this is what we should be doing in the first place. But now is the time where the church must step up for ourselves, our nations, and for people all over the world. And however God tells you to serve, that's how you serve. I can't make judgments on what you are doing or what you're not doing. I'm just hoping that you're doing whatever God has called you to do. And here's the thing. God has not left us defenseless in this at all. For one, he's with us, but he's also put, like I said earlier, a lot of great power at our disposal. James 5 verse 13 through 16 says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And not just praying for healing in people, but for spiritual guidance in this time. I honestly feel that this is the time where people are now beginning to realize just how temporal they really are and how easy it is to lose 
everything they have. And people are genuinely looking for a solid foundation. Now is the time where we are to step up. And like I said earlier, God calls so many different people into so many different capacities. Ephesians 4, 11-13 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is our calling. The world may not like it, but the world needs it. And there are honestly people right now who really need us to step up and show them how real the Lord is, how gracious he has been, and how gracious he will continue to be. Whether this thing goes on for another two weeks or another three months or becomes something we have to deal with till the Lord returns, all that really matters is not what happened, but how we, the church, are going to respond to this. This is where we learn what we are really made of. This is where we decide whether or not we're going to truly be God's children or if we're going to care only about the things of this world. Well, I've made my decision, and I know what I'm going for. I'm going to step up wherever God opens the door. And I'm going to keep praying not as much for a cure, although that is high on my list. I'm going to start praying more and more for people to see the fullness of God in everything they're facing. And for the church to start stepping up and being the church in this time. I have seen some hope out there in this regard. God has been moving, but this is attraction that we need to keep up. And I, for one, will not fear what the world thinks of this response, but will embrace it with every fiber of my being. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and also for the Greek. I am not ashamed of what God has put before me. I am not ashamed of the gospel. And yet there are people out there who are struggling for something secure, something constant. And I know I have found that, and I believe so many of my brothers and sisters have. My call to action, what I'm praying for, for everyone who listens to this podcast, or just everyone in general, that yes, we do take care of ourselves, we do take care of our families, but we begin to stand in prayer for this country and for people all around the world right now. That in the midst of this fire, that God will raise up holy people out of the ashes. That God will walk people through the fire and have them come back born again on the other side. What I'm praying for is for the church to do its part in guiding this world to Christ. And that will conclude today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And if it sounds like I'm being overly zealous about this, I don't think I am. And I hope you don't as well. 
I hope you join me in praying for this world. And if God opens the door for you to reach out to people at this time, that you do it. God's not going to leave us empty-handed. So let's do the best we can with the talents he's given us. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Stitcher Radio. And as always, thank you all so much for listening, and may God bless you.